Down by a run and down to their last out in the ninth inning against the Rockies, David Villar, game-tying double. And then in the 10th inning, down to their last out at risk of not scoring in the inning despite having the phantom runner, Tyro Estrada did something he's done all year long, and that was hit a clutch home run for the Giants. So those players could be a big part of the future, and we'll break down their game and their season next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And coming up on today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about this crazy, wild, classic Coors Field game that broke out between the Giants and the Rockies last night with the Giants winning 10 to 7 in 10 innings. And the Giants scored five of their 10 runs in the ninth and 10th innings combined. And in both of those innings, they were one out away from getting zero runs. And so... Kind of a miraculous win for the Giants in a lot of ways. And the big takeaway for me is Tyro Estrada just kind of made us pay attention to him and made us make this show primarily about him today. And that is because he did something he's done all year long. And not only did he hit a late clutch home run that changed the score, which he did, by the way, on opening day. So in the first game of the year and the most recent game of the year, he did this. And then many times in between, he's done this. But hey, he also had two other hits and just has provided, he did make an error last night, but he's just a solid all around baseball player. And he's just one of the tougher outs in that lineup. And the beauty of what Tyro Estrada is doing is that he is a young player. He's 26 years old, doesn't turn 27 until the end of February, and he is under club control for four additional seasons. And so when we talk about, look, the word foundational, maybe it's a little bit too strong, but when we talk about just, you know, he's not homegrown, but he's a guy who kind of is establishing himself with the Giants. And then we look at how Logan Webb is a young player establishing himself with the Giants, Camilo Doval. So when we talk about these types of guys coming up, getting an opportunity with the Giants, establishing themselves, being young, and being players who have multiple years of club control. And importantly for Estrada, not a platoon player. And the reason he's not a platoon player is that he's handled his own against right-handed pitching. The numbers are better against left-handed pitching, but he's handled, he's been able to handle it like some guys just can't. And we'll actually get into Jock Peterson a little bit later and how he's telling us he's a platoon player with his actions on the field. But for Estrada, I mean, the home run he hit last night was against a right-handed pitcher. And it was a, if you watch the replay of it, it was a fastball on the inner edge of the plate. And he just got his hand, you know, pulled his hands in and turned on it and hit it out to left. And he's done that multiple times, like I said. But not only does he hold his own against righties, and obviously hits lefties well too, but 
when you provide value on the bases and or in the field as well, that's what can allow you to be an everyday player. And so I say this a lot, but I think there's sometimes some confusion. Like platooning is just what you do to get the most out of your roster if you don't have everyday players at those positions. But I think in a perfect world, everybody knows, Gabe Kapler knows, Farhan Zaidi knows that you'd like some more everyday players. So it's nice to have one like Tyro Estrada, who has established himself. And by the way, just the way he goes about his business and he's just reliable and dependable and the same guy every day. And I think his teammates love him. And uh, he and Wilmer Flores has fo- have formed a really close bond and they're, you know, countrymen. And they, if you look at the numbers offensively, they actually are pretty similar in a lot of ways in that they don't strike out a lot. They hit for some power if you look at uh the weighted runs created plus for flores in his time with the giants and estrada in his time with the giants i believe those numbers are just about equal so they've both been just solidly above average but estrada the overall better player because of what i was kind of referring to a second ago in that he provides more base running and defensive value So by some metrics, actually, Tyro Estrada has not been a great defender. Specifically, I think defensive runs saved has not been a fan of Tyro Estrada this year. If you look at his career at second base for defensive runs saved in 2019 with the Yankees, plus one. In 2020 with the Yankees, zero. In 2021 with the Giants, zero. In 2022 with the Giants, negative nine. And so when I look at something like that, And I mean, we've watched him all year long. He has made some poor defensive plays. But to me, it's more of just a matter of maybe, I don't know, the ball just kind of going in and out of the glove as opposed to, I mean, he's a rangy guy. He's a fast infielder. And to me, he's got a pretty good arm. When I was actually looking at baseball savant, and you can see the the average kind of miles per hour behind the throws by your infielders or outfielders too. And his was one of the slowest. But I don't know if they're measuring every throw because, you know, sometimes you just kind of lollygag the throw over there because you've got plenty of time. But the the arm plays and it's an unorthodox kind of sidearm delivery, which you don't always see from shortstop. So when he plays short, it's a little weird to see. But at second base, I mean, I just think he can be a good defender. And so defensive run save doesn't like him. But if you look at outs above, above average in 2019, 20, 21 and 22, it goes one zero one zero at second base. And then at shortstop, career, zero uh, outs above average, one defensive run saved. Did I say shortstop? That's at third base. At shortstop, negative four defensive runs saved, plus three outs above average. And then in the outfield in his career, negative four defensive runs saved, negative one out above average. Obviously, the number of innings matters here, but I just don't have time to be saying he hasn't played a ton in the outfield. At shortstop, 442 innings, and at second base, 1,012 innings. So as we know, primarily he's been a second baseman, but it is interesting that they're playing him more and more in the outfield lately because, as we've discussed, the Giants have a lot of offseason work to do, and if you look at some of the best free agents that are out there, and they've been pretty clear, they feel the need to improve their team in the offseason and, uh, you know, That might involve spending some money and perhaps spending money on a really good player. We'll see. I hope so. But if you sign a shortstop, you have Brandon Crawford already under contract. 
So what does that do with Crawford? I don't know. Maybe you move him to second base. I'm not sure that's the best idea. But let's just say you do. It helps to have the versatility of a Tyro Estrada. So it is interesting that they're playing him more in the outfield in these in the last month or so. But another player who could kind of throw a wrench in a good way into the plans for the Giants moving forward is David VR because he can play third. Maybe not well. We saw two errors in one play yesterday. Uh, he's played some second and first as well. And so his performance down the stretch here is really uh, important to watch if you're thinking about the 2023 and beyond Giants. And VR had a good game. So coming up in just a minute, we're going dis- to discuss the game of David VR and what his overall season numbers are looking like. But first, these days... Every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, as promised, we're going to get a little bit more into the season of David VR. I do want to also mention just thinking about next year's team and the players who, specifically on the position player side, it's funny, I put out a tweet like right before the Giants offense started to explode in this game. I put out a tweet just simply stating what their numbers are in the second half. It was shocking. So I'm going to read you what these numbers are, but they're not updated for yesterday when they had this kind of breakthrough game so prior to yesterday it is Coors Field so before we get too excited about the results of one game in Denver the Giants in the second half had a 217 average which rated 28 out of 30 teams so you might be saying if you're a fan of the show why the heck are you talking about batting average well it's a it's something and it certainly uh you can make up for it in other ways but let's see if the Giants do well no (laughs) they don't 298 on base percentage ranks 24th out of 30 teams. 351 slugging ranks 29th out of 30 teams. 86 weighted runs created plus ranks 26th out of 30 teams. And their strikeout rate, 25.8% as an offense, ranks 28th out of 30 teams. And so sometimes when I write 28th, people think, oh, 28th, meaning they have, I can't even like... (laughs) 28th means 28th worst. I I make it so first equals the best, the lowest strikeout rate. But the Giants have struck out the 28th high at the 28th highest rate in baseball in the second half of the season, not counting yesterday. And so their position player group has just had a miserable second half of the season. If you look at their like fangraphs wins above replacement, at least going into yesterday, I think they were at 1.5 as a team in the second half. And I looked at the Dodgers who were number one and they have like many players over 1.5 individually. 
like six guys over what the Giants as a team have produced in the second half of the year on the position player side. And so when we talk about Tyro Estrada, it's not that he's a star player per se, although when he's definitely not at this juncture, but what he is is just a good player. Not an average player, but an above average player, it looks like to me. And he's a guy I really do believe the tools are there for him to be even better because we've seen he's got that power and he just doesn't get to it all that often. And he hits a lot of balls on the ground, but like when he elevates, he's more than capable of hitting it out of the ballpark. Actually, his career home run to fly ball ratio is a very healthy 16.2% which I believe the league average is around 10%. So that would be significantly better than league average for Tyro Estrada on the home run to fly ball ratio. And so the the key would be, can he kind of more consistently hit some fly balls? Because then if you're homering on 16% of them, then that would lead to more home runs. I was trying to find that as I was speaking there. And yes, League average is 11.4% for home run to fly ball ratio. And he's consistently in his career, when he was with the Yankees and now with the Giants, hit a home run. His Giants career home run to fly ball ratio is 15.6%. So yeah, when he elevates, he's more than capable of hitting it out. And then he's also not the best with pitch selection or swing decisions. He does chase out of the zone more often than the typical Giants player, but he kind of makes up for it with all the contact that he makes. And the quality of contact can often be pretty good. And so, I don't know. I mean, he's a guy who's got 14 homers and 19 steals on the season. He's probably going to become a 15 homer, 15 steal guy here. It might be 15 homers, 20 steals, to be honest. And to do that, it's a overall 111 weighted runs created plus, just by the way, and 2.7 fan graphs wins above replacement with a couple weeks left in the year. So he'll probably get to around three fan graphs wins above replacement. And just to give you context, league average for a, re- a everyday, tried to say regular and everyday at the same time, an everyday player is around two fan graphs wins above replacement. So 50% higher than the league average everyday player. So just a above average player is what he's looking like. And at 26 and under club control for four years, it is an important development because the Giants have so few players who are position players who look like clearly deserving of a spot on next year's roster. And so we'll get into David VR in just a minute, but I want to run through some of the names who I'm, I'm going to explain why there's uncertainty. Lamont Wade Jr. is out of minor league options and just frankly hasn't had a good season. He had a good 2021, but he is a strict platoon player. If you look at the splits, he's dramatically worse against left-handed pitching. It is a small sample, but the fact that they platoon him is a good indicator that he's a platoon player because they're often basing it off of minor league track record as well. And Wade, yeah, I mean, he just has never hit left-handed pitching, but And he also hasn't been a very good defender. And so he's a definite non-tender candidate as much as I don't like to just, I'm not rooting for that or anything, but just telling it like it is. He's a guy who could be non-tendered because they need to get better. And in order to get better, they've kind of got to turn over some spots. He hasn't performed. He can't be optioned. And the team will have to make a decision there. Jack Peterson, platoon player, but 
also a free agent at the end of the year. So there's uncertainty as to whether he'll be back. I think kind of like Wilmer Flores, he could be a useful part of a position player mix. I don't think he should be like the main guy who you're expecting to be your run producer. But in his role, the defense has been concerning this season, but it's unclear as to whether or not he'll even be back next year. But in his role, maybe more DHing, he has taken ground balls at first base over the last several weeks, which is interesting because Belt is also a free agent at the end of the year. And maybe they're thinking about, I don't know, Jock Peterson and Wilmer Flores or Jock Peterson and J.D. Davis, some kind of platoon at first base. I think it could work. I I think it could work. Uh, Wilmer Flores, solid and being brought back. So I think that was a good move to give him that extension. Brandon Crawford, it hasn't been a good offensive season, but he is under contract next year. Mike Yastrzemski hasn't been a good season. He did have a good game yesterday, hit a big home run that kind of got the Giants going. But, you know, to me at $3.7 million this year and then due to due for an arbitration raise and having a below average offensive season, he's kind of a sneaky under the radar non-tender candidate. I do ultimately think they'll bring him back because he's one of these guys who does provide value defensively and on the bases. And in the clubhouse, too, I think he's a leader on this team. Joey Bart, it's been an up and down year. Luis Gonzalez, Joey Bart, up and down year, but, you know, he's under club control for many more years. And the upside is there. The pedigree is there. So certainly deserving of a spot on next year's roster, but you don't necessarily know what you're going to get. And the strikeout and swing and miss issues are still a problem. Luis Gonzalez has fallen off the face of the earth after a hot start and is a non-tender candidate at the end of the year. Austin wins, backup catcher, whether it's wins or somebody else, you're getting backup catcher offensive type production. Evan Longoria, this club option at the end of the year, and he's been hurt all year. J.D. Davis, we got to see more. Like, is he going to be a part of next year's team? They can bring him back, but it's not entirely certain that they will. He's a possible non-tender candidate. He's kind of, I lean towards they will keep him, but it's not entirely clear. Lewis Brinson, definitely a non-tender candidate, and he's auditioning here. Really hot start, but it hasn't continued. And then Austin Slater comes back off the injured list last night. Key decision by Gabe Kapler to pinch run with him in the ninth inning, and it paid off in a big way. He did score on that David VR double from first base with two outs. And so Slater is a good player in his role as well. He's a platoon player on the other side, hits left-handed pitching, but has never really hit right-handed pitching. But he also provides defensive value and, like we saw, base running value as well. So he will almost certainly, he's been one of the Giants' better players this year, and he'll almost certainly be on next year's team. But you'll notice there were very few players I mentioned there who were like, okay, yeah, for sure, they're going to be a part of next year's team. There was, I didn't mention Estrada because we already talked about him, Flores, Crawford, maybe Yastrzemski, Bart, and Slater. It's like six guys and then a backup catcher, seven guys. And you need 13 position players. And so Coming up in just a minute, we're going to get into David VR, as I kind of promised last time, but we're setting the stage for David VR and his performance to date with the San Francisco Giants. And if he's going to be around and be a part of the future of this organization. So all of that in just a minute. But first. All right. As promised, we will finally 
get to David VR. As I promised last time, I kind of messed that up, but I just felt like we needed to set the stage as to why it's so rare right now to have like productive position players for the Giants and why it's really something to watch because they're pitching, starting pitching. They've got Webb, they've got uh, Wood and Cobb, who's been there. He's been good. And then DeSclafani is under contract. Junis has really struggled over the last couple months and did again last night. Not a good outing for Junis. Tough place to pitch, but still, the numbers aren't pretty at this point. But David VR, let's just get to it. David VR hit this big game-tying double, and it showed me a lot because he had had a difficult game up to that point. Seemed like kind of the, the moment was getting a little bit big for him, and when you're on the field and making errors, it can kind of be a lonely place. And you know the cameras are on you, you see them on you with that red light that means it's on and it's pointed in your direction, and you just made a play that was two errors on the play. Like he fielded a ground ball, dropped it on the exchange, there's the one error that allowed the runner to reach first. And then he throws to first, high or wide, I can't actually remember, but errant throw to first, and it allowed the runner to get to second. So the, the two-error play on David VR. Then there was another play later where ball kind of to his left, clanked off his glove, rolled into center. Crawford throws home. Austin wins, decides not to try to tag the runner, but instead throw to second to get the batter runner and they don't get him anyway. So you probably should have tried to tag the guy who was coming home, and you could have had a play on him. That was weird. And so the Giants had a four-error night. But for David Villar, he ends up on the night going two for five, and this game-tying double meant everything. If he makes an out there, the game is over, and the Giants lose, and it's a real downer of a game. And so we're not going to dwell too much on one swing of the bat, but it showed me something with the game that he had and just the it was a 98 mile an hour fastball and he lined it down the right field line and just just inside the foul line. It was just a nice opposite field kind of not trying to do too much, staying short to an extent swing of the bat for David VR, who now on the season, he's got the 221 average. He's a classic example right now of batting average, not really telling the story of what he's done. 221 average is not great, but 341 on base speaks to the walk rate of 12.6%, which is significantly better than average, and 425 slugging, which is, you know, not all 425 sluggings are created equal because if you have a 300 average and a 425 slugging, it's not as the slugging number is not as impressive as if you have a 221 average and a 425 slugging. The difference between the average and the slugging matters. And that difference, that number that is the difference is called ISO, isolated power, isolated slugging. And for VR, it's 204, which is significantly better than average. So a 204 isolated power, a healthy walk rate, and thus a 341 on base percentage, it's overall a significantly better than average offensive line despite the below average batting average. So again, perfect example there. So it's a 119 weighted runs created plus, meaning about 20% above average offense from VR through his first 135 major league plate appearances. So that's good to see. Hits the ball in the air, the average launch angle 18 degrees, 17.9. That is higher than the average. And the Giants as a team are generally a team that hits a lot of balls in the air, not a lot of ground balls off the bat of the Giants. But when we get into the nitty gritty, 
So as you would expect with a guy who walks that much, the the chase rate, the outside the zone swing rate is much better than league average at 24.8%. But the contact rate, this is the real bugaboo for David Villar, maybe the defense as well. But when we're talking about contact rate, his is just uh, 63.2%, which he's got about 130 some plate appearances, 135 If we set the minimum to 130 plate appearances this season, that contact rate of 63.2 is the sixth lowest rate of contact in Major League Baseball. So the the thing that he's going to need to fix is he's going to need to make some more contact. And it is obviously early. And I think Kapler has talked about his platoon splits in the minors, which I don't have pulled up here. But in the majors for VR... Tiny samples, which kind of are irrelevant, but just to tell it like it is, he's got a 173 weighted runs created plus against lefties and a 69 weighted runs created plus against righties. So I, again, I don't I don't think that's that big of a gap is necessarily going to last. And it's noteworthy that Kapler mentioned his minor league splits and that they're pretty even. And that probably means they think he'll be able to handle both just a matter of where the numbers will ultimately land in a big enough sample. But shoring up the contact is something for him. And as you would expect with a guy who doesn't make a ton of contact, and in fact makes some of the least amount of contact in the game, his strikeout rate is high at 34.1%. So we've seen some defensive issues. We've seen some swing and miss issues, but we've also seen seen some good from David VR. And because they're so starved for position player talent these next couple weeks are huge for him and they're just going to run him out there and see what he can do and we see some bad but then we see him come back and redeem himself and do something good and he's hit for some power he's got five home runs already like I said that isolated power tells the story so he might be like the main guy I'm kind of watching down the stretch here to see how it all unfolds but nice game for him yesterday coming back from the the rough defensive miscues and hitting a huge clutch double for the Giants to tie the game. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Now make your second listen the Locked on MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast Locked on MLB on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please hit that thumbs up button, subscribe, whatever you can do to help us out. Uh, Thank you in advance, and thank you so much to everyone who's done so already. Can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants. 